Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, y'all? Believe the Kentucky crew is here. Anger, Sean, Jalen Whitlow, my name is Vinny Hardy. Fellas, how y'all doing? Can't complain, man. It's uh, about 8.38 on NBA draft deadline night, and uh, we're still waiting, so that's a little annoying. But uh, otherwise, all is all right. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into those decisions and, and all of that. Got one that's already official with, with uh, Oscar Shibway. Staying in the draft, uh, came here and rebounded like we'd never seen people rebound before. I mean, you know, uh, half the season came transferred in, couldn't play. Next two seasons, he just, I mean, if he had his hands on it, it was over. Um, you know, the, the 28 rebound game against, I think, Western Kentucky and just double doubles out the wazoo. Player of the year, racked up all the awards his first year, and even better off the court. I mean, the dude. I mean, you you search his name on Twitter today after the announcement. It was fans with pictures. Thank you, Oscar. Yep. Old old ladies, little children. <laughs> you from you. Re- it ran the gamut of how you know people were drawn to him and how you know he really embraced his time at Kentucky. He even said it in his post afterwards maybe i can make kentucky my home so the dude really did enjoy being here so yeah oh no doubt about it i mean that you're talking about a guy who's gonna have his name at least should have his name and number in the raptors one day uh his two years here just nothing short of phenomenal obviously uh the only consensus uh national player of the year in program history uh this past year obviously you know even with the knee injury where he had literally had his knee scope four weeks before the season he only misses two games and he you know, averages a double-double again. He's all SEC again, and he breaks the single-game uh, rebound record in an NCAA tournament game, which uh, at Kentucky is a pretty pretty damn big deal, uh, 25 rebounds in that win over Providence. So just an amazing career, an amazing human, and I think it says a lot that, uh, you know, with you mentioned all the, the posts and fans celebrating him. Usually when those posts are made and the guy leaves for the NBA and it's a guy that, like, it could go either way, though, with Oscar. It's kind of been trending this direction for a bit now. But, you know, he obviously could have come back and it would have made people happy. But, nope, there's no animosity. There's no anger, even though he's a guy who, you know, let's call it what it is. He's not going to get drafted, but he believes in himself and he's ready to move on with his life. And that's admirable, uh, in my opinion. So, um, you know, the fact that there's just nothing but love out there and respect uh, uh, shows the good in the Kentucky fan base that uh, sometimes we forget about when the Twitter mobs are out. So uh, really cool. Just a guy that, that will always have a home here and always should have a home here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, you know, I saw a comment that said, uh, you know, thanks for the memories and the rebounds or something like that. And I'm like, you know, you, you just sit there and think about it, man. He, like I said, he rebounded the hell out of the ball. Um, you know, you be you you're not gonna get a better rebounder than that. Um, and you know, everybody liked him. Uh, seemed like one of those glue guys in a locker room where people liked and and followed his lead. Um, you know, you know. So I again, I, it's hard to replace guys like that. Um, 
you know, like you said, you, you can only appreciate what he did and what he did for your program and, you know, uh, the positives that he brought because there really weren't any negatives. So, um, you know, you know, shout out to him, man. And you're going to always have people who say, you know, he shouldn't leave or whatever. But at the end of the day, people got to live their life, man, make their decisions. So, um, shout out to him. I enjoyed watching him. You know, I like that style of basketball, right? You know, effort, physical, tough, you know, defense, blocking shots, rebounding. Um, that's, you know, I like that style. That's why I watch college basketball because you got a lot of that. So, uh, I thought he was, he's been a good ambassador for the university as a whole, um, and a good ambassador for college sports as a whole. I mean, you know, so like I said, nothing negative to say, no negative thoughts about what he did, man, and and what he represents. So, uh, shout out to him, man. Hopefully he, you know, I think he deserves to be on the squad at the next level. So we'll we'll see, uh, you know, he'll keep improving this game. I'm sure he'll work on it and get with some trainers this this all season and improve it. But, uh, I think any roster would be happy to have him at least on the board. You know what I'm saying? They'll be happy to have that. So, uh, you know, good luck to him moving forward, man. I, you know, I enjoy watching him. Absolutely. And even like you said, Aaron, it was it was all all love, no animosity. Yep. And that's even with the fact that he only won one tournament game while he's here. You know, and the the first right. year you end up having the, the whole St. Peter's situation. So he wants to come back and kind of get that taste out of his mouth. You know, you beat Providence, like you said, and if not for a, a little bit of foul trouble where he had to sit out, I think he gets 30 mm-hmm. rebounds. He had to sit a little bit in that second wow. half. He ends up with like 33 rebounds if he's able to play <laughs> the you know more minutes in that second half, I would think. Yeah. Um, then, of course, that was the one tournament win. Even with the, the lack of success in the tournament, it's still just – you know, good things and good memories of everything he did. And, you know, yep. for his sake, we all wish they'd had a deep tournament run and, and that whole thing, like, you know, typical Kentucky seasons historically have gone. But even with that, you, you still just saw all the, the the kind words that was coming his way today. Yeah, no, absolutely. And all deserved. And uh, I think, you know, what's nice about Kentucky fans is they are very smart and they know that in all those tournament, or I guess in both of those tournament losses, you know, the one to St. Peter's and the one to Kansas State, it, it wasn't, it was, it, it was despite a really good effort from Oscar Sheba. I mean, there wasn't really much else uh, he could do. I mean, yeah, he had his issues on defense, defending the pick and roll and whatnot, mm-hmm. but. You know, in those two games, uh, he just wasn't the problem. I mean, he scored 25 and pulled down 18 against K-State, and uh, I think it was thirty, definitely 30 points, I think 16 rebounds, uh, if I have that right off the top of my head, uh, with St. Peter's. So just mm-hmm. just an insane, insane performance in every NCAA tournament game you ever played here. Um, you know, I, I just think there's nothing you can – you can't really uh, – sure, he had deficiencies, but – there's just nothing negative you could say about him because of how good of a human he was and the impact he did have. I mean, you think about it, obviously, you know, the last two years, last, you know, before Oscar, but the last two years with Oscar uh, hasn't gone the way you wanted at Kentucky. And you take him off the last two rosters. I mean, <laughs> next, last year, I don't even, you might be finishing last in the SEC, man, the way that team was playing when they were bad. Uh, and then the year before, I mean, with all those injuries at the end of the year, you don't have Oscar. Yeah. I mean, shoot. So, uh, I don't know if you finish with that two seed and even, you know, get to, get to play a 15. Unfortunately, it goes the way it did. But mm-hmm. 
you just made such an impact. Definitely the most valuable player of this program, both of the last two seasons. And uh, again, a guy who deserves his name in the rafters, uh, you know, in the not so, uh, not so uh, far away future should be in the next 10, 15 years here. I think. Yeah. And hopefully they revise that. Cause I think it should be, I think Tony Delt was the last guy to go up in the rafters. And then we had all the, yeah, we waited too long for Mike Pratt, and they, you know, like yeah. you don't, you don't want that again. You won't want that ever again. And TD last played here in '96, so we've had you know Tayshawn Prince and Keith Bogans and you know all the cow John Wall and Cousins, and I mean you know Anthony Davis is going to go up there, you know, at some point. So it's it's starting to get log jammed to the point. Yeah. Hey, let's let's put some up there to where it's not just. You know, you got to revise the rules if you need to for the, the one and dones or, or whatever you got to do, you know, kind of change the the tradition as far as the wait period and all that stuff kind of goes. Yeah, I think whoever, run, whoever runs that portion of it is, uh, you know, is behind the eight ball, man. You know, and I, and I say <laughs> that because even if a guy played at Kentucky, you know, seven or eight years ago, you got to get him up there if he deserved to be up there, uh, because I think it's I think it's a big deal in recruiting too. A kid come to your school and you know he he know that he can, you know if he if he performs the way he think he want to perform, he could be in the Raptors in ten years. That's a big deal, you know. Right. I think you, you got to get those guys up there, man. I think that that's a that brings juice to your program, in my opinion, because uh, mm-hmm. that's you know that's a big deal. You blow it up on social media. You make it a big deal on one of your big televised games, and you and you use it to do other things. Uh, so whoever the hell is in that department, you need to need to step it up, man. They behind they behind the ball. Man. I mean, Tennessee, man. That credit to them. They honored Chris uh, Chris Lofton this season when we were down there against Kentucky. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's from Maysville originally. So uh, you know, he's thirty seven. You know, two thousand eight was his last year. Uh, you could even argue that was too long, but at least you know they still did it while he's young and. You, He's going to be able to tell every his grandkids, kids, everyone he wants to about it. And I, I don't know if he has kids, but they were probably there. So, you know, that I know it's a five-year waiting period and Oscar's plenty young, but uh, do it in that type of time range, man. Don't don't wait until uh, you might not have the chance for them to really enjoy it and be able to tell all the people they want about it. Because, like, this, the, you know, incoming freshmen and stuff like that now, you know, finishing up your senior year of high school – you were like in kindergarten when John Wall was there. You know, they that's you know, twenty ten, him and Wall and Cousins. Right. Reed Trav uh Reed Trav Reed Shepherd being from Kentucky, no doubt, will probably have memories of John Wall and you know, his dad playing there. If you're out of state, you I mean, you might not have been watching Kentucky like that. And you're in kindergarten, first grade, you're not paying attention. So, like you said, the shelf life doesn't last that long mm-hmm. to where hey, this guy, it's been it's been over a decade since he's since they were here, and he was a rock star. And no John Wall danced the whole, all that's already thirteen it's, years the, old. The generation of people that are going to be in the stands are not going to remember it, man. It's just uh, look, even at Mike Pratt's retirement, and luckily, you know, it was a little different because he was around the team uh, up until his passing last year. Because obviously, being on radio and being kind of just a part of being really a part of the team uh, through that job, but. uh you know, there are a lot of guys, including obviously me, uh, that didn't, uh, you know, were covering that game and didn't watch Mike Pratt play. You know, we knew him as a broadcaster. And mm-hmm. there are others where 
you know, some of the guys who were up there speaking, like Dan Issel, who obviously is a legend here too. Like he got his number retired already, obviously, but like some of the guys talking, you're like, you know, the kids in the crowd don't know who that is. They just hear stories about it. So mm-hmm. you want to be able to, for the people to enjoy that really got to watch him play to have that moment with him. And I think that's why, you know, five years, I understand that. That's kind of like the, the go-to with Hall of Fames and all that too. But man, get it done quickly after those five years. Don't don't wait around much longer. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Y'all can get this episode and every episode, Believe.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch on, on YouTube. You can hear us. You can listen to us. Tune in, Sirius. Merged with Westwood One a few weeks ago, so just continuing to be out there more and more. Uh, so check out this episode uh, as well as others. You know, we had Jim Leverett's on a few weeks ago. Uh, different guests we've had on throughout uh, the weeks and months. So uh, definitely appreciate y'all taking the time to listen. Check out Aaron Gershon's work at thecatspaws.com and what a Gershon ninety nine right. Mm-hmm. And you are. Already doing it's it's football yearbook time. When is when is it coming yeah. out? How can yeah. people get it? Tell us about it, man. Yeah, but it'll be out. Uh, I think early July is usually when we drop it. But it's pretty much it's getting close to done. At least um, uh, I, most of my stuff is done. At least um, uh, well, we have some breaking news into here. By the way, we'll get to in a second that I just All saw. Right. My- Twitter. Uh, but yeah, they'll be available at every five-star gas station in the state, uh, obviously online. Um, and then uh, in Lexington, definitely Barnes and Noble, uh, the one in the, uh, I think we only have one left in, at, at uh, it's in this Hamburg area. Uh, and then um, Joseph at B, or I think it's, I forget the name of the bookstore uh, here in Lexington, <laughs> Joseph's Best. Uh, oh. over right by the mall they always have it and then uh kentucky branded as well always has it so um that'll be out in early july if you're out of state how you order it online to get it it is on it's not the cat's paws 2.47 website but if you go to the cat's paws website that's through uh the news enterprise which is the newspaper in elizabethtown uh which is the newsenterprise.com slash cat's paws uh, it's right there. You can pre-order it right now as well. So okay. that is and done. So you and Daryl Bird just putting in work, right? Yeah, that's pretty much the, uh, that's how my goes, man. A lot of yearbook stuff. And that's why spring practice for me being there and being at everything I can be at is so important. So uh, uh, it was a successful spring uh, for sure, getting content wise. And uh, the way that <laughs> unlike basketball, Mark Stoops filled this roster. Uh, we'll talk about the one. Now we have one spot open, but the way he's really filled out the roster uh, before even June uh, is a big help to us and getting us a little bit of a, a breather uh, toward the end of next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jalen got you at Jay Whitlow underscore two, right? Yep. Yep. Right. So out. Follow us all on Twitter. And I just saw you retweet the breaking news, AG. So, man, tell the listeners if they don't know. <laughs> yeah, another one bites the dust. As we kind of expected, that uh, Chris Livingston is indeed staying in the NBA draft. So, he will join the one and done list of uh guys under the cow era um not one you obviously wanted to lose because we never really i don't think got to see the full 
ceiling uh, with Chris Livingston here. Obviously, just 6.3 points, 4.2 rebounds. But there was that stretch band in February uh, where they were winning. I think they won four in a row where he's he was a double-double machine. I mean, the game he had um, at home against Tennessee, on the road at Mississippi State, on the road at Florida. Uh, I mean, he was out-rebounding Oscar. Oscar was getting annoyed because he was taking all the rebounds away. And, you know, Chris was still developing the three-point shot. You saw it in flashes, but um, I think he finished up 30.5% yeah, 30. clip, so we never got to see that. We just never got to see him just be consistently awesome. We saw it in spurts, and I think – you know, year two, you really might have seen that jump, but there were also questions with his role, right? He's a, he's a three. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And he was playing some four last year and mm-hmm. played the current rosters constructed. I mean, you think Aaron Bradshaw is going to play the four, but is Chris really going to be your three when Justin Edwards is going to be here? I, I don't know. So there were a lot of questions with that. He opted not to enter the transfer portal, which made it, you know, draft or, or, um, coming back and he just mm-hmm. come back and you know no, obviously he's represented by clutch sports which is yeah. uh the most powerful sports group there is w- with the game of basketball and up there with you know like the boris corp is one of the strongest groups in all of sports so uh you knew that was going to be a factor and uh eventually uh it leads them out so really uh kentucky went i would say 0.5 for three today because we're still waiting on reeves um <laughs> She plays a no-go, and Livingston's a no-go. So uh, not a great day for uh, Mr. Cal Perry. So go ahead and tell us the, the latest on Reeves. But I think a lot of people saw the tweet. that You retweeted that. I saw Jack <laughs> Pilgrim put it out. So uh, tell everybody the latest on one Mr. Reeves, man. As we Yeah, man, it's complicated because obviously he has withdrawn from the NBA draft. So you see that and you're like, Oh great. He's coming back. Well, <laughs> there's a catch of course, cause it's Kentucky and only they would have a catch after the draft deadline. Antonio Reeves is not a graduate as of right now, which means he cannot enter the transfer. He can enter the transfer portal, but he would not be immediately eligible without a waiver. So um, that complicates things. However, there has been a lot of talk and real talk that, He's didn't love. He's not in love with the possibility of what his role might look like with, with all these freshmen coming in next year and the NIL money and other schools guaranteeing numbers. And Kentucky doesn't operate that way, which there's no rules. So I guess I can't fault the other schools, and I also can't fault Kentucky for trying to do the morally right thing. Um, so what he could do is take classes over the summer because he is, you know, he's almost done. You know, he just finished his fourth year, so I'm actually kind of surprised he's not done, but that's besides the point. He's close to done. If he finishes, and that would be at Kentucky, (laughs) he can, you know, go play and be eligible for next season. So the talk now, the question is, is he going to come back to Kentucky, which it sounds like he's always been open to, and he was very transparent about that, you know, in the locker room after they got knocked out by K-State, saying, you know, he would welcome it pretty much said if they'll have me, I'd, I'd come back, you know, if that opportunity came up. So he's definitely open to it. I mean, I, I saw him say it word for word while I was right next to him. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'll take him at his word. But, you know, there's interest from other schools, the back channels with NIL, you know, they're talking. Um, so there will be, it sounds like, you know, from some of the reports that are out there uh, from some pretty reliable guys, you know, you mentioned Jack's Pilgrim's name and he's usually pretty good. Um, so it does sound like, there's going to be a meeting with Calipari uh, and the Reeves and his side of things coming up soon. And a decision will be made shortly after whether he's going to, you know, get some summer school done and go play elsewhere, or he's going to come back and be a part of this thing next year. So 
that's why it's a 0 0.5 out of 3 right now, because Reeves is not gone, but he's not back, and Livingston and Chibwe are gone. And it, is this kind of a thing, because each time we've talked about with Livingston and with Reeves, Livingston really wasn't happy with his role while he was here. Reeves is not in the draft, but not all the way back because of his role. Is this, you know, something that John Welsh is coming in to kind of iron out? Will he be allowed to iron it out? Will, you know, <laughs> would that be a responsibility that Cal kind of delegates? Because we talked about this dude working with everybody in the NBA and Cousins and a lot of ex-Kentucky guys really love him and, and have yeah. you know, good stuff to say. Is this something that maybe he can kind of get a handle on, giving guys clearly defined roles, know where you stand, before you come, or if you play the year, you know, get a good role. If you've decided to come back, hey, you know what you're going to be doing because there's a lot of questions about roles. Yeah, it, it's a great point. And I think, you know, obviously having an excess and those guys like that, I mean, yeah, it could be attractive and he could help, you know, be in that room and kind of sell his vision uh, for what he thinks is best for Reeves and, you know, have that confirm, I, I, I mean, kind of confirm his – um his thoughts about what he thinks he'll be and kind of ease some, some questions that Reeves might have. But I mean, I'm just not so sure that at this point in time, an assistant, a new assistant is going to be the answer uh, to keep him here or not. I mean, I think it'll help, but at the end of the day, we all know how Cal is every decision with this program at the end of the day is his. So, yeah. you know, Welch might have a vision for him. Will Cal allow him to go and sell that vision I don't know with with Cal's ego, man. I'm, I'm going to bet no, but maybe maybe he trusts Walsh enough as a veteran, a coaching veteran that is, um, a guy who's been around the NBA and done a lot of good things with a lot of good players, uh, including many of which that played at Kentucky. Um, maybe that will that that'll help, but I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. I mean, obviously, outside of KT Turner, the entire coaching staff is back from last year. Uh, Chin Coleman, I believe, was the one who kind of connected and recruited primarily uh, Reeves, obviously both Chicago area guys. So, you know, maybe that'll help. But at the end of the day, I, I really think it comes down to the dreaded NIL, which uh, is not dreaded because the players deserve to cash in, but dreaded in the sense uh, that we have a free agency process, essentially. And, you know, it's May going to be past May 31st, and he still has leverage, um, even though he pulled out of the draft. Uh, and then roll just kind of clearing up, like you said, those things. But, you know, they have five freshmen who are coming in here that, you know, in this day and age, if you upset one of them, they could pull out. Right. And I don't think you have to worry about that with Reed Shepard. I think he knows what he is kind of just going to be. I mean, he'll play some obviously next year. I think he can play up to 15 minutes per game, but he's not going to be a star. He's not going to be a guy who's a one and done. Uh, and I think. You know, him being a legacy guy, it'll be easier to keep him uh, year after year, you know, when you re-recruit your own guys. But, you know, is Justin Edwards going to be okay with it? You know, he's going to play some two three. Robert Dillingham and DJ Wagner are both going to want a lot of touches. You know, are they going to be okay with it if Reeves comes back? So, and, like, they don't like the vision that Reeves, they have for Reeves. So, it's a lot. There's just so much crap out there that maybe Reeves just decides, you know, it's best if I go play elsewhere. So, um it's going to be very fascinating. I um, I truly have no idea or no read on what's going to happen, but uh, obviously the, the best case scenario for Kentucky would be to keep him. Man, what I, what I take from that is I do not want to be John Calipari. No. Or a college coach in general. 
Uh, oh. It's just so, I mean, and you're just dealing with, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids at the end of the day who, you know, everybody's so fickle, man. Everybody's so I, – I understand where some of the coaches are coming from. It's just, you know, what happened to the, the days of you, you know, NIL, great. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more so about what happened to the days you, you know, come in and, you know, you look forward to earning your spot and, like, Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you get pissed off because the coach say, hey, this guy's coming back. You know he's going to have a role. And as a freshman, you you know, you're getting pissed off because that may diminish your role. I mean, right. who says that? You know, you may go in and earn a starting spot. That's just, you know, I just think it's really weak. And and, and I almost said something I shouldn't say, but it's it's really – it's just weak, man. I just, yeah. you know, that, that that's just – I wouldn't want to coach that, in my opinion, to be honest with you. But, hey yeah. – uh-huh. Times ahead. we live in, I guess. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and we just saw it in Texas with Ron Holland, obviously, who decided today he's going to go the G League route. Um, it was kind of between them and Arkansas. But Holland pulled out of his um, uh, his le- national letter of intent uh, when someone decided to come back. Uh, I forget exactly what it was with Texas, but, you know, he felt like he wasn't going to have a, the role he wanted, and he pulled out. So, uh, and you've seen that a, a couple of times. Mackenzie, the, the kid from Duke, uh, Mackenzie as well. So uh, it's happening a lot. I don't like it either because I think when you sign that dotted line as a freshman especially, uh, you're committing to that program. You've signed it with that program as if you signed, you know, a real contract, and you're committing to them being able to develop you and put you in a spot to su- succeed. And if you come in and win a role right away, you know, kudos to you man but uh if you don't you stay with it i mean that's what makes kentucky fans respect so many guys kind of like you know the Derek willis's of the world the dominique hawkins of the world uh even dante allen sticking with it for three years um some of the other uh lance Ware, i mean stuck with it for three years so and talked about last year how he knew he had to earn it so that those are the type of guys that end up fan favorites and if you choose to do otherwise i mean i don't love it i i get it every kid has their own decision and i respect it but like I don't respect it at the same time. If that I respect what they feel like they're doing the best thing for them, but I just think it's kind of like you said, it's kind of lame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I get it. You got a highly talented freshman class coming in. Look, Jalen, you've been an incoming freshman. You've been a guy that's been around a couple of years and seen freshmen coming in after you've already been there. <clears throat> Yeah, it's great. Top class. Been a while since you've had the top class. Some say this class is that strong. Whatever. We'll we'll see when they get here and play. But Reeves is a guy who, you know, obviously you wanted him when he was at Illinois State, and that's that's why he came in the first place. He he won you the game at Arkansas when nobody thought they were gonna win down there. When Arkansas came to Lexington and, and beat him to death, and then you still had to go to Fayetteville, and Aaron, you were there, and he scores 37 points, and is, the, you know, the star of the show, and is, is you know, he, he balled out that day. Didn't have a good game in the tournament against Kansas State, but right. you you saw what he was capable of. I mean, it doesn't get any tougher than, than Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the SEC on the road. That's, that place has been nuts for years. And then for him to still wonder what his role is going to be when he's been here and already been in the program, he's 
incoming freshmen are great. The potential is there, but they haven't shown what they can do yet. And you, you know what you got, but yet we, so we're, we're walking this tightrope, trying to keep a guy from going to potentially Memphis. Penny's stealing him from yeah. you. That you got, <laughs> got freshmen that haven't played a lick yet, and we're still the notion that we got to cater to them. Yeah, it's so, uh, like, you know, my, yeah, my, my thing is this if, if everybody's talking about roles, and they're not even on campus yet. Then, then we we gotta again we gotta look back at the head man, right? Yes. Why 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 is everybody talking about roles? Mm. Your role every year is to earn a damn spot. Like that's your <laughs> role every year. I don't care who you are. Um, so the fact that everybody's talking about roles and they're they're still in high school, they still got a cap and gown. Wow. I don't understand that. Like that's you know, and and and, and again, you can't really put all the blame on you know, coaches, because that's the world we live in now. So everybody, everybody feel like they got to pander to these children, to these 18 year old children at the end of the day, you don't have to pander to them. What you do is we're Kentucky. This is what we offer. This is what we have been. And this is where we plan to go. And if you want to play here, if you want to step on the court in Rupp Arena, you need to earn that spot, earn a Jersey, earn a spot. You know, that again, I just don't understand all the role talk. You, you know, I guarantee you won't hear that coming from football. Um, you know, you're not gonna hear you're not gonna hear that. So it's just, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a, a weakened society when it comes to like kids earning stuff. Um, and, and trust me, I deal with it all the time. You know, I'm I'm a coach. I deal with it all the time, but we don't deal with it to this degree. You know, the coach, the kids we deal with, they know. You know, you you we define your role after when we're going into the season. What did you earn in the offseason? What did you earn in the preseason? What did you earn in camp? Now your role is defined. And that role can change. Everything's fluid based on how things go. Did you practice better than the next guy? Then your role is a starter this week or your role is a reserve, whatever it may be. Um, I just think the role talk in, in May is just ridiculous in my opinion. But, hey, what do I know? You know, but I just don't know. I don't know if you can sustain a program that way, you know, uh, at a high level, at least, you know, so, you know, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but we'll see. Like I said, we'll see when they get on campus, but, you know, it's just, it, it, it just don't sound good, you know, right now at all. And we, well, we talked about it. We hadn't talked about this every single week. It's been a lot of hand wringing going on about this roster for, <laughs> a, you know, a couple months. I said a couple weeks ago, me worrying about it, ain't going to change it one way or the other. So that's, yeah. you know, so I'm saying. But Cal, and you were at the press conferences. We've all heard him. We've all watched him. He loves to say, folks, I've been here a long time. I've been doing this a long time. Well, okay. Well, then he, he might be sitting somewhere cool right now because he got it all under control. Or he might be panicking because it ain't going the way he thought. And well, I got to get some players, and the options are kind of limited. He might be sweating. We don't know. But he says it, folks. I've been doing this a long time. Well, we going to see what you going to yeah. do because it's, it's time now. Because you, you're playing in Toronto in six weeks, and those are good, those are good teams. It's not going to be yeah, somebody you not, can just not the cupcakes. beat down like at the Bahamas. It's, yeah. These are going to be some good squads. 
You go up there right? with you go up there with eight players and <laughs> seven. I mean, look, I, I all respect to Brandon Canada, seven. <laughs> <laughs> so we, hey, you, you'd like to tell us you've been at it a long time, and maybe yeah. you've seen every situation. Maybe you've been in this situation before, <laughs> but we, hey, we gonna see he how you go because respond. this is a different college. That's the thing. Like, yes, he's been around forever. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a deservingly Hall of Fame coach. He's done great things at this school. But it's a different game now, man. I mean, that's why guys like Tom Izzo are like, screw it. I'm not even touching the train. I'm not touching any of this crap. And they, that, they're going to eventually fall behind for that. I know they got the Sweet 16 last year, but that's going to cost them in the long run. It's the coaches that are adapting that are doing the best. It's simple as that. And guys like Cal are not – you know, they say they're going to adapt. They say they have it under control. They say they're fine. He hasn't proven that yet. Just not since the transfer portal window has started uh, a couple of years ago. Not definitely not since the NIL world opened up. And these guys are making tons of money. They're just not being marketed and promised anything. And is that wrong? Not morally. I think not promising anything is actually kind of going kind of off Jalen's point. That's the mature thing. Like go and earn it. Like that's I, I kind of like that Cal does it. But when other schools are not doing that and they're beating you out for players by promising things, maybe you have no choice but to adjust. I mean, you kind of saw Mark Stoops kind of midway through last season on the football side uh, with that. Um, what's it called? The the 15 club, the whole um, donation pool or whatever they call it. Collective um, and stuff. Collective. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he kind of threw his hands up and said, screw it. I got to get with the times. I got to do what everyone else is doing uh, so we can keep pace. And that's what they did with the collective. And is it something he wanted to do? I doubt it, right? <laughs> he doesn't want to be out there asking people for money. But you have to do it in this day and age of college football to be competitive. So he did it. And I think kind of you might need to do the same thing with basketball. Like you may not want to ever be that guy that says, hey, you're going to get a million dollars. You should come here. But you might have to to compete. And guys like Bill Self, who has also been around a long time, uh, I'm not sure he's in the Hall of Fame, but he probably should be. Um, he's he's caught up because uh, they're not getting these dudes for no reason. You know, they got Dickinson this year. They got McCuller last year, kind of the two of the most proven guys on the board. How'd they get them? NIL. And good coaching, but NIL more so. So uh, you, you got to catch up, man. I mean, that's why I think Coach K pieced out. I think he didn't want to deal with this. Uh, yeah. And he turned it over to Shire, who he knew was going to be able to handle it. And uh, Shire, you know, they didn't have the greatest year last year, but they've kicked ass on the recruiting trail. And uh, they've made a few things happen in the portal. And they've kept guys from hitting the portal. So he's doing something right. So uh, I don't know, man. There's some catching up to do. Vill Villanova coach, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Neptune is done outstanding. He, yeah. And that's he, why Jay Wright pieced out, too. That, that's what I'm saying. Jay Wright got, <laughs> got out of here, man. I don't I don't blame him. Like, I just, you know, it's just, come on, man. What are we doing? Like, why, we, why <laughs> do we have to pander to kids, 18-year-old kids, talking about how much money we're going to give them? So they yep. come, I mean, that's just, that's backwards, in my opinion. I do right. believe they deserve money if they earn it. Yes. Give it to them. You know, yeah. you, you, you're creating a society of, of, of of people who handouts title you know yes. don't yeah. don't give it i just i'm not with that and people you know if i if i tweeted that people come at me in the comment section and like you know uh you know you you're a former player you're supposed to be i'm all for nil but i'm for when there's people who earn it or are you gonna disperse it you know somewhat equally amongst the guys on your roster where you know you're on this team, you're working out with us, you 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 went through the hell of off season with us. 
then you deserve a piece of the pie, right? right? And I know some people don't like that, but that's just how I feel about it because I want to keep my roster and my my team together. That's the collective. I don't, yeah, I don't want a locker with one guy making $2 million next to a walk-on who busted his butt for four years and he's not getting anything. I don't yep. want that in my locker room. So yep. um, that's just me. Whether it's, A lot of people are going to call that old school. I just call it, it is what it is. You know, you <laughs> got to earn this stuff, man. I'm not, you know, like Tennessee, you know, the kid got like an $8 million deal uh, coming out of high school or whatever. And I heard he's getting like a meal a semester. Yeah, I'm Nico. like, bro, like, like what are we doing? Like, what? Well, there was a quarterback, I think, committed to Florida uh, in this oh, yeah, last class. Yeah. yeah. And he had like a $13 million NIL deal fall through. And then he goes, I think he ended up at Arizona State or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it it's like, it's, that, that shit's crazy to me, man. These are 18-year-old yeah. kids. Yeah. But I think the, the positive for Kentucky is that they can get a lot of guys. That's, they can get some guys to fill that roster that didn't expect to go to a place like Kentucky and are hungry to yeah. compete. You know, that's the positive. About it. You can find – there's guys out there that – Good athletes, good basketball players that are hungry to compete compete at a school like Kentucky. Yes, and they they may have the best season they had in a while just just because they have those guys. So I believe that that is possible, you yeah. know. And I like the fact that Calipari is kind of he's kind of hard nosed in a sense of how he want to do certain things. Um, but I think if you can mix that with getting guys in who are really hungry, who didn't expect to go to a school as big as Kentucky. Now you may be cooking with hot grease because you got guys who are willing to, you know, willing to go at it in that locker room, willing to battle, you know, rather than you know, most not all, but a lot of these four or five star kids who, you know, they're coming in and they're, you know, their hairs down because they know that they have a spot somewhere. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want guys who know that they have a spot. You want guys to earn it. Yeah, and I, I think that's what you know. I, that's why I do kind of like the collective thing, right? Where the guys who are going to um, go out and work every day are going to get theirs no matter what. Um, but the guys who – and the, the top guys are going to be able to go out and earn their NIL deal separately and make tons of money that way. Yeah. And then some guys are going to say it's not enough, and they're going to – you know, Stoops is going to tell you to, okay, see ya. So uh, and a lot of teams are doing that football-wise. So I, that's why I like the collectives. I just – the whole, you know, bargaining for – every dollar uh, when you're deciding whether to stay or go from a school. Like it seems like it's happening with Reeves. I'm sure it's ha I mean, I'm sure that just happened with Zach Eady who announced he's going back to school. I'm sure that, you know, as a graduate, he could have easily hit the portal and made God knows how much money uh, with what he's done at Purdue. Um, So uh, Hunter Dickinson, it's just, it's the wild West man. And that's why there's got to be some sort of regulation. Again, like you said, uh, these guys deserve to be paid that if the guys that work really hard uh, and have really good personalities that fans are drawn to deserve to get paid something, but it's got to be earned on the field or doing work off the field um, or, or both for that matter. Yeah. Agreed. Switching to football, we had uh, a departure. Uh, Jordan Anthony. Yeah. Track wide receiver. Some messages and talking about it in the little group text yesterday. And it, it seemed like, you know, he kind of had a, a bright future. Very, yeah. A speeder, a just straight burner, uh, like Olympic, not just fast, but like elite speed. Yes. Which, you know, the sound of that, you know, in the offense, in space, in the slot, whatever, 
was like, oh yeah, cool. And now, you know, he announced that he was he was hitting the portal yesterday. So. Yeah, the coaching staff was really excited uh, about Jordan when they signed him uh, going into last year. And then, um, you know, he wasn't talked about all that much this year because he wasn't with the team for spring ball and he was doing track. And that's exactly how, you know, everyone was kind of like, how is this dude entering the portal now? He's going to have to sit a year, but he's technically entering as a track athlete, which is kind of that loophole that uh, allows him to uh, to still play football in the fall and uh, obviously play, uh, do track and field and run uh, wherever he decides to go. So obviously, you know, he didn't make a single catch last year. He didn't make an impact last year, but it was a guy they were hopeful for. But the reality of it is he wasn't here during spring ball. Uh, and Anthony Brown, the freshman from Ohio, who, uh, you know, he's a high three-star guy, but some other services have him as a four. Uh, really impressed from everything I heard, and I saw him a little bit uh, more with the twos and the threes. So, you know, I kind of chalked that up a little bit. He was working against some walk-on DBs when I saw him, so I didn't want to give him too much credit, but um, it, it looked good from what I saw. Um, and what I've heard is pretty much all good things, and and specifically from Devin Leary, who really likes him. So um, I think maybe his role kind of got kind of got set back one guy um, with that, and then also you know Shamar Porter's a high four star guy that they're bringing in, and he's gonna he's signed here, he's gonna be here uh, this next month. He might even have just moved in with the group of guys who are moving in today. I didn't catch it or not, um, but that's gonna be a guy who I think is going to compete. I don't think he's going to be Barry on Brown or Dan Key where he's a starter day one, but I think he's going to compete to play right away and not have to redshirt. Um, that's for sure. So, and then obviously Brown, Key, Tavion kind of have their roles locked up and Brandon White has been, you know, played a little more than Jordan last year. So I, I just think he kind of ran out of room. Uh, it kind of sucks because of his speed, but at the end of the day, uh, it's not the biggest loss in the world with some of the depth you have built up. Was it? Yeah. A I think, uh, you know, kind of like we're talking in the text, most likely it was the fact that he was out in the spring. You know, yeah. uh, it's just hard, man. You got – and, I, you know, I, I understand it from a standpoint of, you know, the player, you know, you get passed up because you're out and you don't like, you don't like that because you probably got promised that you can play another sport or run track and you get guys pass you up and, you know – you know, so I, I understand it, but at the same time, that's just the nature of it, man. You know, playing football at this level, if you if you miss spring, I mean, you can almost chalk it up unless you are a bona fide, you know, starter, you know, without even practicing, if you're just that type of guy. And I guess he wasn't, or who knows, maybe some, maybe somebody got in his ear, you know, and talking, and, and, so somebody else got in his ear. Who Nowadays, you can... You can almost expect that somebody else got in his ear and hey, hey, come over here. We got this for you, and no, he's passing in. So I wouldn't doubt that either. I wouldn't doubt that at all. So you know, I'm sure they'll be fine. I I said something. Somebody commented and said, "Is this is this on paper? Is this the best starting eleven offense in the Stoops era?" And I said, "I said, you know, it it it, it definitely is the deepest, yeah. even with the transfer." Is dep is definitely the deepest group that I've that I remember in the Stoops era, um, from top to bottom. You know, it's it's just the deepest at receiver, at running back. Uh, you know, almost starting to seem like at offensive line now the way they kind of beefing up in the transfer portal or whatnot. So we'll we'll, st we'll still see what you know about quarterback outside of number one. We know who he is, but 
you know, I think it's the deepest from top to bottom on offense, you know, uh, that they've had in the Stoops era. So we'll see how they put it together. But, you know, I'm sure they can, you know, they'll find guys to put it, you know, at their receiver spot. They got a, a lot of young guys. So I think what kind of what we talked about last time, that next year's quarterback is going to be crucial. Because I think, you know, when you think about the receivers, they all outside of Tavion, they all coming back, you know, um, yep. you know, pretty much pretty much all of them. So, you know, that next year's quarterback. So I'm sure that in the in, in, on the board in the coach's office, that backup quarterback position is like on the forefront. They got to figure that out yep. uh, because even I mean, obviously, for obvious reasons this year, but even for next year, you want that position solidified. So you can uh, you can start to really build on next year too, because you got like I said, you got a slew of receivers who are going to be draft picks, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So you know that's going to be big. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I think you know obviously too. I I don't think Barry Honor Dane would leave after next year portal wise, but that's you have to get it right for that reason too, just because that's what you have to re-recruit all your guys. So uh, that's why I, I just tend to believe you know unless Kai Sharon or Destin Wade make a huge jump. Uh, which they obviously can do and hopefully will to make Kentucky's life easier. I, I just see them, you know, going the transfer portal route and then, you know, Cutter Bully kind of being the next guy in line. And you hope that by the time Cutter's either, you know, if the transfer they bring in doesn't play well or they, you know, by year two for Cutter, where maybe you can redshirt them and have them, you know, for that extra year that uh, it's Cutter's job in the future. But I just, I can't imagine them not not going the portal route again for one more year, and it's worked, right? I mean, we went over the numbers. I think it's uh, 28 games that uh, Stoops signed quarterbacks have actually uh, – high school quarterbacks have started in his era. Uh, you know, Tolls uh, weighed one start, and then uh, the other five were Barker. So Ooh. it's just – he hasn't had much luck with it, so I think they're going to probably go portal one more year. So we finally get into the NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, Denver's been off forever, seemingly. Uh, watching <laughs> Boston get Celtics fans' hopes up only to crush them last night in or Game 7 Sunday. What's the day? Wednesday. Whenever, oh, that was whenever awesome. Game 7 was. Awesome. But uh, this is – I think I – don't, I don't think – to me, it didn't matter who won the East. I think Denver is just yeah. too good. Yeah. Um, I'm saying Nuggets in six over Miami. Uh, credit to Jimmy Butler because it's, it's Butler, Bam, and a bunch of dudes. I mean, yeah, Gabe Vincent undrafted, Caleb Martin undrafted, Struess undrafted, which again Boston ought to be even bash. You lost a bunch of undrafted dudes. I mean, came to your house and just beat you down in Game Seven. So I mean, but I just. You know, Jimmy Butler and the Heat got to the finals in the bubble during COVID. Yeah. Yep. But to me, I think he was kind of he was he was really out man. He was it was LeBron, it was AD. You know, and the Lakers had some pieces, and I I feel like he's kind of out manned again going up against Joker and Jamal Murray. He just don't have enough. But you got to tip your hat for him getting these squads to the finals. Uh, Tyler Hero's hurt. He might come back for Game Three. Either way, a UK guys, Kentucky guys are gonna get a ring. We got Jamal Murray on one side, and you got Bam Adebayo and Tyler here on the other. But I just think Denver's got too much for him. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Go yeah, ahead. I, I think uh, you know, I to be honest with you, I kind of underestimated Miami uh, going. You know, 
especially after game two in that Celtic series. But, you know, I it goes to show you that, like, culture and coaching can still win in this, even in the NBA. But, yeah, I agree, man. I just think who's going to, you know, I, I just think, I think there's nobody out there, no disrespect to Bam and or nobody, but good luck guarding Jokic, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to, it's going to be one of those series where he probably averaged 32, 12, and, and, and 12. You know, it's just, I just don't know what you do with, I mean, what you, you know, they don't have anybody to do with them. I mean, you just, there's it, nothing you can do. I mean, and the, what makes him so tough to guard is the fact that he's such a good passer. Yeah. Um, and that sets him above, you know, just that dominant post guy, that dominant center. The fact that he can pass like he can is the reason why, uh, in my opinion, why he, you know, is MVP caliber, MVP cal- uh, you know, caliber, I should say, every year. I just think he, uh, you know, his, his court vision, his basketball IQ, he's not moving very fast at all, but he's just – efficient in his movement when he gets the ball and you know he's just you know he's a tree I don't know how you guard him so um you know like I said I don't see anybody slowing him down uh they got a lot of good pieces they are extremely tall and big on the perimeter as well um so like I said I I wouldn't be shocked if this thing is over in five you know I think just NBA being a business is not they're not going to get let it be over in four uh, so uh, I think they'll, I think they'll push this thing to five or, or six. But you know, I just think it's tough, man. Like you know, it, it's not a good matchup. I think the Celtics was a better matchup for the for the Nuggets. Yeah, uh, and you had like, like you said, their size. Um, Rui, uh, Rui Hachimura, who was with the Wizards, but then got traded to the Lakers, went to Gonzaga. After one of those games when Denver beat. LA and he's 16 and he's in the press conference just talking about they just shot over us they just shot over I mean you you 16 and how <laughs> deflating is that they're just bigger than us and they shot right over top of us I mean that and that's what I, they did <laughs> and you got you know Joker shooting over him uh, you know Murray doing what he's doing out on the wing in that pick and roll with Jokic and Murray Michael Porter Jr. is your third or fourth option and he's he's you know Aaron Gordon, they're flip flopped them at the third or fourth option. They're just so deep. Uh, it's just you know it's just nothing that good luck you see Miami yep. trying to do with them. Good luck. Agreed. So, so yeah, we all think it's Denver and five Four, or six. Five or six. Yeah, yeah five or six. I'm gonna say six, but yeah, just throw them finals predictions out there, and it's that time of year we get we got. Four to seven NBA games left. Jalen said they ain't gonna let it be four. You saying it's gonna uh-huh. be at least? <laughs> yeah, they they they're gonna they're gonna let Miami steal one at home. Yep, uh, they they gonna push that thing. But you know, I just the whistles will go in Miami's favor for one game or two. I, I would love to see a game six or seven, especially a game seven. I would love to see it go seven, but I just don't know on paper. Now Miami has proven us to be wrong a couple times. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know what you what you do with the Nuggets right now. Yeah, I think it's just similar to the last time they were in the finals, and I know it was the bubble and all that crap. But the Lakers were too much for them then, the way they were matching up that year, and uh, you know the way AD was going, the way LeBron was going, obviously. And I think it's just more the same where Denver, the way Jokic is, and the way he's playing at the level he's at, and Miami not having anyone to match up with him, and even Jamal Murray, man. He, I mean, 
Miami, Jimmy Butler's great, but point guard is not a position of strength for the Heat. And uh, I just think Jamal Murray's and Jokic, it's a terrible matchup for Miami. I think, you know, if the Lakers, if it, this was Miami and Los Angeles, I think Miami could win it. But uh, this time around, that is. But uh, I just don't, I don't see this, man. I think Denver's, uh, they've been due for this one. So Bam, Murray, Tyler Hero potentially coming back in game three. Pat Riley still over there. We're in the show for the Heat. So if you're Kentucky fans that aren't big NBA fans, that's you know, four good reasons for you just to, to pop it on because it's, it's former cats up and down um, on each side represented by both squads. So um, once Boston got out of there, you knew a Kentucky player was guaranteed to get a ring no matter how it played out because Boston was the last team without uh, a Kentucky player on their squad. So. Good stuff, y'all. Um, see what happens with Antonio Reeves, and we'll see what type of scrambling Cal is doing over these coming days, and see what they come up with over the coming weeks. And see they're gonna come together, or it won't. That's it can only go one or two ways, and <laughs> we'll know soon enough. So great stuff, y'all. Appreciate y'all each and every week. Appreciate everybody takes the time to listen. Uh, oh, Kentucky baseball hosting, mm. hosting at Kentucky Proud Park. So uh, we talked about it before we started, but yeah, congratulations to Coach Mingione and uh, first time, first postseason for Kentucky Proud Park. Yes, first ever. So I'm yeah. looking forward to being there all weekend. But uh, yeah, no, they deserved it with the RPI and yeah. glad they didn't get snubbed again. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it should be a lot of fun this weekend over at the ballpark. West Virginia is a team to watch. I think of the four Indiana ball state, I think, uh, West Virginia is going to be a tough out, but other than that, I feel pretty good, uh, about UK. And of course we're biased, but how strong was the big 12 in baseball? They had, they had a couple good teams that they're not as good as they usually are. Cause usually TCU, Texas tech are juggernauts, but that wasn't the case this year. Uh, Texas had a strong year. Oklahoma State's hosting. Um, Big 12's probably second or third best baseball conference at any given year. You know, SEC's always the top dog. Uh, the Pac-12 has some really good years, but not as much this year. You know, Stanford by far the best team in that conference this year. Both Oregon schools made it. Um, I think Arizona State got in, too. Um, but, you know, not not amazing. But uh, WVU, though, they have this kid, J.J. Weatherholt, there's uh, – I believe he plays second base. He's hitting 443. Uh, he won the Big 12 Player of the Year. Uh, 16 bombs leads them in stolen bases. With they steal more bases in Kentucky, which tells you a lot because that's kind of what Kentucky's good at. So I think if if UK can uh, you know get in that winners bracket, play WVU, um, that's going to be the toughest one to get them out twice. But uh, I really think they'll handle Indiana and Ball State just fine. Beat Indiana in the regular season. I do remember that. They, killed them. they beat them up. Um, and the, we know about the SEC and, you know, football is up here. You're beating each other yep. up every week. But the baseball, maybe even it's to the that best. degree. I, I truly, yeah. Because that's all around. As great as this season was, and, and Coach Min Jones had to have it, his, his seat's yes. getting hot. As great as this season was, RPI schedule, stacking wins in the conference, you know, hit that rough patch towards the end because you're playing ranked teams every single weekend. But as good as this season was, you get to the SEC tournament and you're an eight seed. 
So that tells yeah. you what the conference is. You're like, my God, had the yeah. first good season in five or six years, and you had to play an eight nine game against Florida in the SEC tournament. The conference is ridiculous. Sixteen hosts, eight of them are SEC schools. So that, I mean, that's it's just insane, man. It's just a gauntlet. Yeah. Um, but like this, like you know, Coach EJ uh, Florio before he left the track team, had him on. And he said, "Look, if you." You compete in the conference, you know you can compete for a national championship because you look what you just went through <laughs> in your conference. So, you know, battle tested. And Kentucky definitely is that, and they get to host. So, hoping for a good turnout and uh, a good positive weekend. Indiana, Ball State, West Virginia, whoever it happens to be, cats will be ready for them and see how it all plays out. And just had to throw that little baseball nugget in before we wrapped it up. And yeah. Let's see what happens next week, fellas, man. Appreciate y'all. Always, man. Appreciate everybody that listens. We'll be back next time on another episode of Believe in Kentucky. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube